agree with you. You know, some would argue that Trading Places is Eddie's best film. Some, if you look at the box office, Trading Places and Beverly Hills Cop obviously are his 80s dominant film, right? His dominant yeah. films of the 80s. That at 48 hours. I, I I just never fell in love with 48 hours. But anyway, so but what made to me Trading Places iconic, first of all, the cast. Um Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Daughter of right. Tony Curtis. I mean, Jay, and this is Jamie in her prime. This is before all the Halloween. Like, this is Jamie Lee, 80s Jamie Lee. You had uh Dan Aykroyd, right? Uh oh my god, who are the two older guys? Like I they're I don't remember. Yeah, but they're they're just the concept challenging Wall Street, the traditional understanding of how Wall Street operated, the culture of Wall Street, taking somebody who was literally homeless, putting them in these ranks and having this guy revolutionize their whole culture and making it a profitable entity. That's what makes this movie funny. Now, there's another episode of the cvmk show the cvmk show because it is what it is on here you know sometimes you got to take a break right you want to do all the serious stuff all the movers and shakers of the world you know but sometimes you just need to laugh and discuss some stuff that will bring joy to your day this is one of those episodes this is for fun only <laughs> so i brought back the master of fun he has his own podcast tv lovers movie lovers unite it's one of the hottest content evaluation content critics uh producers uh review he'll have famous directors on there i mean if you haven't checked out the podcast go right now to where you listen to podcasts and put in movie lovers tv lovers unite Follow him on all social media platforms because he is bringing the heat and he's just an all-around good guy. So the CVMK family, I want you to welcome John Gregorio. John, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank you for having me over here. And uh, just to shorten a little bit, it's Movie Loves You Nights. That way people don't have to go ahead and type in that long sentence and everything, too, because that's going to be a lot to type into a search box on Apple Podcasts. So... It's just going to be, it's shortened for Movie Loves Unite. I just want to clear that up. But still, no, it's good to be on here, dude. I'm, I'm happy good. to be here. You're good, man. I appreciate you. I'm glad you shortened it up here. Because it was a long one before. I was like, but I like it. I like it, man. It's always about the rebrand. Look, we have an amazing episode. And for those who don't know, follow the page, YouTube, CBMK, Instagram, it is what it is, underscore show, CBMK, underscore global, TikTok, CBMK, globe. We have an amazing episode on Eddie Murphy's top five films. So John's gonna pre- he's gonna present his argument for Eddie Murphy's top five, and then I'm gonna present mine. So with that being said, I'll turn over to John for your top five. 
Okay. At first, I thought you said I was going to produce your show for a minute. I'm like, wait, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, so you know what, Vernon? You actually did something to me where you break, basically made me break my list because of the fact that it is hard to do an Eddie Murphy top five, especially when you look at his filmography. But I love the challenge. So okay. I've come to, I come with my homework. I've come with my top five list and this is actually the top five picks for me and i'm not going with a generic type of thing that everybody would actually go with i'm going with something a little bit different okay uh so number five i actually have trading places wow at number five okay so that's actually my go-to for christmas movies and stuff like that every single christmas i have to watch uh watch that one um number four i got bowfinger Ooh. That's, All right, that's, <laughs> that's different. That's, All right. <laughs> uh, number three, I'm yep. struggling with this one because of the fact that I love Nutty Professor. Okay, but I was thinking of the rewatchability of the Nutty Professor and how maybe the jokes are just, you know, repetitive in a sense with the fat jokes and stuff like that to the point where it's like, yeah, I can laugh at that, but can I rewatch it and still relaugh at that later on? And I found myself laughing more at life than I do at the Nighty Professor. Because life right. is more quotable. It it's is. Not only, and life is just one of those movies. I remember going to see this with my mom and everything. And I was like 14 years old going to see this Red R movie because I love Martin Lawrence. I love, uh, of course, Burning Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Eddie Murphy. And, you know, just the humor alone in that. And that movie made me laugh, made me giggle all the way through it. And it's quotable. Uh, so that's why I have that at number three. Number two, I actually have Beverly Hills Top 1 on here. Okay. So that's where that's going to land. Because I love the banana in the tailpipe. I love the, how he has to go over to Beverly Hills. He's like a fish out of water in this Beverly Hills environment. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to fit in because he's into Detroit. Detroit is kind of loud, kind of obnoxious, kind of in your face versus a California type where basically they're more chill, kind of laid back a little bit, not as in your face as Detroit. And that's where Beverly Hills pop comes in for me is where you have a fish out of water kind of scenario where he's actually in Beverly Hills. So that's something that I really like with uh, Beverly Hills. Number one, I have to go with coming to America. Coming to America is hands down All right. my favorite a Murphy movie. Um, I matter of fact, I rewatched it. a Matter of fact, I've rewatched this maybe a month or two ago. It still holds up. I still like the whole entire McDonald's. Hey, you want to know the difference between McDonald's and McDonald's? We have the Golden Arches. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. all right. I love the list. You're absolutely right. Uh, Coming to America was number one on my list. I'm actually going through my <laughs> list in a little bit. Let me let me pick some holes at your list. Okay. You brought up something that I I totally forgot, and I should have went through the whole discography um, for Eddie Murphy. Because I overlooked life. And I do think you're right. Life has more um, rewatchable value. I won't say intrinsic value. I'll say rewatchable. Like it's a movie that is a... It's a time piece that doesn't get lost in time. Because when the movie came out, it was set in the 40s already. Right? So it had to be classic in order to have that rewatchable kind of value. So I overskipped life. There's a lot of great actors in life. As you mentioned... Bernie Mac, uh, Rick James is in life. 
Um, I mean, there's just so many, even like under, you know, like up and coming at that time, uh, comedians, uh, life is iconic. It's actually kind of sad though. Oh, <laughs> you really it's, it's sad. It's sad. Think about well, the context. Yeah, the content is actually pretty sad, but it's it's classic. To to throw away Nutty Professor though, and I and I get your reasoning. Your reasoning is sound. The jokes by itself make it iconic, mm-hmm. but. The unfortunate truth is, can you keep rewatching it? Like, what new experience do you learn? Do you gain? Was it too slapstick and not thorough enough in his delivery? Jada Pinkett Smith, um, you know, I think she did a fantastic Chappelle. job. As yeah, <laughs> but I mean, she's honest. I mean, outside of Dave Chappelle, what really sells Nutty Professor is Dave Chappelle, and you really got to understand that Dave is in the movie. <laughs> Uh, but you're absolutely right. But I have a list that I think will rival your list. Quick word from my sponsors, and I'm going to share that list. There's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed. All it takes is just that one last push. Activate the hero within with CVMK Global Supplements. All natural, steroid-free, designed to enhance performance, build muscle, and increase energy. You are unstoppable. You can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store. All right, y'all. Go to www.cvmkglobal.store. Get your supplements today brought with me just in case you need to see Transform. Like, I want you to get your proteins, I want you to get your creatines. I want you to get all your fitness supplements and apparel. Use code CVMK 50% off www.cvmkglobal.store. Look, so there is a list. I really had to go through this with a fine-tooth comb. And I think I have one movie on there that you might have overlooked, that you might not have considered, but I think it's worth being on the top five. So with that being said, I'm going to present my argument and my list. So... Bear with me as I share my screen. I got a whole new uh, presentation, man. I was already ready for you. <laughs> All right. I see that. I see, yeah, man. I, you know, I'm trying to do some big things over here, man. So, you know, Eddie Murphy's top five movies. Coming to America, I agree, is Eddie Murphy's best film of all time. Classic. Definitely. From McDowell's. To the humor, Arsenio Hall, James Earl uh, Jones. Jones, yeah, I almost said right. James Earl Jones. (laughs) James Earl Jones, who is the voice of Darth Vader, the original Darth Vader. um, To, I mean, just a whole Louis Anderson is in the film. Um, I mean, the whole soul glow. I I, I mean, it's, it's more than nostalgia, it's iconic. I have a scene here. I want to play. We're going to break down the scene. Hopefully it plays. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to play. Well, it's not going to play. Hold on. Yep, not going to play. All right, whatever. So the scene right here, which is good because now YouTube won't break it down for copyright. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> it's in the YouTube is in You see, I, you don't even need to go in there and break down the scene. I already got the impression going and everything. Look. This scene right here, our city hall is playing the Reverend. Um, 
gets Lisa McDowell gets engaged without being formally asked by her uh, boyfriend at the time, and it ends to leading it leads to ending their relationship. Eddie Murphy comes in and now starts this romantic um, uh, uh, dance with uh, Lisa McDowell. This is the setup. This is honestly, I would say, the start of the movie. All this stuff is a prelude to this point right here. The movie is um, groundbreaking for a few reasons. And you have to understand the 80s, right? At the time, uh, this predominantly black cast, uh, it was set as a migrant from a made-up country in Africa, you know, that they play into a lot of the stereotypes by overthrowing the stereotypes. You find out this man is richer than rich, right? right. And it, it, it literally is taking on the preconceived notions, particularly of that era, and it's challenging it, but it's challenging it also with humor, right? Because humor is the best medicine. It leaves an indelible impression. Coming to America is one of those films that honestly, you were, I was actually upset that they came out with a second one because I knew they weren't going to do it justice. And it was honestly 20 years too late. I agree. And I also said that on my Coming to America 2 review. Yeah. Where basically, if you think about it, they made it into a music video. They did. For the first five minutes of it, it's nothing but a music video. Um, the movie is not as good because of the fact it came out 26 or 30 years later. They should have went on ahead if they wanted to do it. Put it in the 90s and see what they're doing versus it uh, being in 2021 or 22 in that kind of setting. Because I think it would have been more interesting to follow it up a year or two afterwards to see them being at least married for two years and seeing where they're they're at then. Exactly. Totally agree. Totally agree. I'm going to go with another professor for my number two uh, film. I wish this could play. I would I would honestly lose revenue just for this scene right here. Dave <laughs> Chappelle. Hey, you're getting people in shape, dude. You're getting people in shape. So, I mean, it's right there. Dave <laughs> <Hey>, Chappelle. <laughs> And Eddie Murphy at a club, Dave Chappelle is this comic who bases his whole routine off of basically making fun of the audience, right? In a very cruel and hard type way. Eddie is, uh, well, Buddy Love is this obnoxious character that basically meets fire with fire and destroys Dave Chappelle. But it is so funny, right? Like, there, there's jokes in this. I said, like, I don't even know if you could joke like that today, right? Like, it's, it's no, a, no, <laughs> oh, yeah. The movie, that's what I said. The movie is a 90s film, a true 90s film. But Dave Chappelle, obviously, everybody knows Dave Chappelle is a comedic genius, whether you agree with him or not. He's a comedic genius. But to match who is arguably one of the greatest comics of all time, and Eddie Murphy, it is the perfect balance between somebody almost passing passing the torch and somebody showing you how it's done what are your thoughts on the professor i like the Nutter professor i crack up laughing every single time whenever i see buddy love throw him into the piano and finally getting his revenge because he is a douchebag i mean dave is definitely a douchebag making fun of uh clumps uh weight and stuff like that so he definitely deserved what he got in this scene which i laugh my ass off every single time yeah. that he does this i mean it man i cannot uh, this scene is iconic as well but then you also have to look at the other thing too with the what eddie could do with the parents and then the grandmother yeah. and stuff like that and him playing every single character yes this dude 
the things that he can do is just beyond me on how we can keep it together. <laughs> and I love the Nettie Professor. I commend Eddie for everything he's done with that movie. Stuff like that. I remember going to see it in the theaters and everything, and keep people throwing popcorn at each other and stuff like yeah. that. And it was just a rowdy crowd. Yeah. And everything. It was just awesome to see this back in the 90s and being a kid of the 90s to see this. And it also does have a lesson, though. It does have a value of mm. don't make fun of people that are different than you. Mm. Don't um, don't make fun of people that are bad or anything like that. Yeah. And this is also going through the whole entire crisis of trying to lose weight and everything, too. So you have three different things going on in this to prove a lesson and try to keep you motivated, too, to get to get to your goal that you want. True, true. I totally agree. And also about looks. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better. It, it, it makes you empathize with Sherman uh, because you see him beyond his stature. And it's not body shaming. We're like, you know, I've heard a lot of people like, oh, you know, it's, it was taking something that was uh, obvious to notice, but at the end of it, the professor Sherman Clump was the better human. He was the better man than Buddy, than Reggie, who Dave Chappelle plays. And you realize that his size had nothing to do with how great he was as a person. Right? It's it's totally iconic. Totally hilarious, by the way. A true 90s film, all in all. All right. I wish this could play. This is a movie that you did not consider. Boomerang. I'll tell you, I, I like it, but I don't love it. Like, I Why don't you love it? it? Let's start there. Huh? Why don't you love it? Let's start there. I don't, like, I love, here's the thing. I think it's funny yeah. for its time. It's raunchy. It is. It's, it's complete opposite of what Eddie normally plays or whatever. I even like Extinguished Gentleman, but that didn't make my list either. No, that no. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was too serious, trying to take it too serious, but. This one, I don't know. I mean, I watched it on TV if it's on TV, but it's not one of those movies where I'm like, I need to watch it. I get you. Okay, so let's talk. Let's start with the cast. John Witherspoon, Guy Rizzo, mm-hmm. hilarious comedian. Martin Lawrence, hilarious comedian. David Allen Greer, hilarious comedian. More on the witty side though, not like not like like punch funny, but witty humor. Um. Leela Rashawn is in this movie. Robin Givens is the leading lady, right? And then Halle Berry is, you know, the one that kind of gets overlooked, which if you did it today, wouldn't even, you couldn't even cast it like that, right? So that says a lot for that time. The other thing is, it is different because Eddie's playing his ladies' man. You know, he's this kind of debonair bachelor that, you know, uh, is a, a corporate exec, marketing exec. And, you know, he will never settle down and ends up falling in love, but gets played and then falls in love with, you know, kind of the girl next door. But then, you know, his dog ways kind of come back to bite him. But he realizes he's really in love with the girl next door who's played by Halle Berry. The premise. See, I like Halle Berry in this one because she looks like the girl next door type. Yes. And that's yeah. what I like. She is. She took the Jennifer Garner whole style. I mean, obviously this is before Jennifer Garner, but the girl next door uh, just embodiment and destroys this film. Um, Hallie, this is to me one of Hallie's better films, honestly. Uh, and this is Robin Gibbons' best film. Uh, 
any this is why I think the movie is iconic. There, there's a plethora <laughs> of subject titles, just everything that is like kind of stick and go right now, right? And I think Eddie, it's not just that. It's it's controversy doesn't make you great, and it's not controversial. I think what makes the movie stand apart is. And I had to go back and watch like YouTube interviews, like when the movie was released, because if you look at the box office, it really didn't do that well in the box office. But Eddie Murphy, there's a clip, there's a clip on YouTube. He's on the Jay Leno show. And Jay Leno was like, you know, Eddie, some are saying that this is your worst movie ever as far as like box office, you know, uh, money revenue generated. Uh, You know, you've had all these hits and then you put this out. And he's like, I wanted to create something that was breaking the stereotypes uh that was more and he said he's i wanted to be more dope more grown but have a deeper message and this is where you start seeing the turn and i think like in every artist artist's career you know they they want to be known for something more than just the funny person right like like i'm the funny guy right right and this is what eddie wants to kind of go a bit more serious more like you know uh the standalone actor the leading man and he's playing this role and you know the diversity in the cast we have strange played by grace jones uh you know which is hilarious you have eartha kid which was the second Catwoman. uh anybody that really is a is a, is a uh dc universe understands the adam west batman eartha kid was the the Catwoman that made it all happen uh she's in this film you know there's just a a lot of homage to the past but it's also this kind of breaking, like, oh, man, you see it in a corporate space. You see the diversity in the corporate space. And for the 90s, now, I think we take it for granted, right? Mm-hmm. But in 1991 or 92 when the movie came out, you know, I don't know if that was the case. Like, I don't I don't think so, right? So it has its impact is in that, I think, as the movie ages, where's his audience now you do have a point there can it is it rewatchable right like can you can you garner and that's that's a deeper conversation like can you create something that can be buried like in the sand and then like somebody comes behind you 100 years later and rediscovers this and says this is the most hilarious thing i've ever seen or heard right i think it has a deeper message though dealing with consumerism and sure. how consumers consume products stuff like that which is i think what eddie was going for yeah and also to how womanizing how men in that kind of workforce and does yeah. it so it does have a deeper message than what he normally does Be- because he gets he gets the payback for womanizing at the end right like he gets played like his own tricks like get the better of him right and i think maybe at that time and kind of seeing a, a trend eddie would take what was quote unquote acceptable if there is such a thing right and realize like how negative it could be but then it uses it to make you better in the end if that makes sense right yeah. so there's a lot to this there's a lot to unpack uh still a great film i have it as eddie's third greatest film of all time as we go trading places and i do agree with you you know some would argue that Trading Places is Eddie's best film. Some, if you look at the box office, Trading Places and Beverly Hills Cop obviously are his 80s dominant film, right? His dominant yeah. films of the 80s. 
that at 48 hours. I, I, I just never fell in love with 48 hours. But anyway, so, but what made to me Trading Places iconic, first of all, the cast, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Daughter of right. Tony Curtis. I mean, Jay, and this is Jamie in her prime. This is before all the Halloween. Like, this is Jamie Lee, 80s Jamie Lee. You had uh, Dan Aykroyd, right? Uh, oh, my God. Who are the two older guys? Like, I they're... Don't, I don't remember. Yeah. But they're they're just... The concept challenging Wall Street, the traditional understanding of how Wall Street operated, the culture of Wall Street, taking somebody who was literally homeless, putting them in these ranks and having this guy revolutionize their whole culture and making it a profitable entity... That's what makes this movie funny. Now, there's a whole lot of other stuff. <laughs> like I said, like look, Trading Places, and you know that's the that's the beauty of it. Trading Places is definitely an '80s film, <laughs> and, and you got to know the '80s to to get that, you know. Right. Uh, but I do think something that is missing today, and and John, you know, check uh, review on this. I think sometimes we're worried about perception versus reality and i'm not saying perception doesn't have legs i'm not saying that there isn't substance but if you're always worried about how it is perceived you never create anything great what are your thoughts i think so because here's the thing i've for instance with shorts that i create right yeah people take one thing and they don't look at the whole entire concept because it's a short so it's a concept piece in order for you to get the full thing, you actually have to watch the whole thing to get it, get what I'm doing. Right. Otherwise, the way that it's perceived and everything could be twisted up to the point where it's like, well, I don't know if I want to listen to him because of what he said. But I have to actually correct people when they comment on my stuff. I'm like, look, I said, it's we're reviewing this according to how we perceive it and how we receive it. We may review things that are different and have different perspectives than you. That's what film is. It's subjective. It right. doesn't have no measurement. So therefore, if I see something a certain way and you didn't, that doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It's just that you've seen something within the art itself that is a little bit differently than what I did. And then you can have an opinion and talk about it. And it's the same way with this one. It's about, like you said, it's about how you receive things, how we actually look at things for perspective and things like that too. So that's the way... I look at it whenever I'm looking at like trading places and things like that and how it's valued now today, you know? No, dude, that's well said. I think that's absolutely perfect. I think there's a, and you hit on the head. People don't take the time to investigate the whole matter, listen to the whole thing, and then sit back objectively and dissect based off of your own experience, which means it will always be tainted and therefore subjective, right? And right. and what's I think harming content creation, harming media as a whole, is that I think right now, and maybe because in the past we underlooked stuff, now we're seriously overlooked. Not or yeah, am I saying right? Because we didn't pay attention to it in the times past. Now we're so focused on it, we can't make anything good, right? So right. like a movie like Trading Places, because if you watch Trading Places, you'd be like, they got away with this. You know, like there's a right. lot in this movie. Well, you have to, like you said, you have right. to look at how things were back in the 80s. Right, right. And how it was like they looked at color of people like to the bottom. Yeah. To the bottom. It was, it was different. And 
for Eddie to go on ahead and be off the streets and then to come into a house yeah. that is for, from a white man and living the dream that any person of color would want to live because of the fact that's how they because that's what he want, wanted. And be, and he wanted to be like where, think of a way that I can actually word it. Basically, he wanted to be like Dan Aykroyd. Wondering what it would be like to be, I uh, have the, the the club that he has, mm-hmm. and being able to work in the Wall Street and being a person of color and being able to do the things he does. Right, and that's where I think that the relatability is with that character and stuff like that too. And some people are going to be like, well, you know, now it's different. I said, I'll be like, look, it is different in some aspects. And in some aspects, it's still the same, especially when you have still rich white people trying to do stuff within the government itself. But I'm not going to fix, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying, though? I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And you're you're saying it correctly. Like, this movie, it's it's about uh, dealing with cultural stigmas. you know, Dan's character didn't have any type of relationship with like a character like Eddie. Eddie's character didn't have any relationship with a coach like Dan's, but it's not just that. And that's why I said it goes beyond like ethnic or co- uh, lines of color. Jamie Lee, you know,'s character, you know, she plays a prostitute in this movie, right? And like, and I remember one of the quotes she tells Dan, she's like, Do you think I want to do this? All of us didn't have a rich daddy. I'm trying to survive, right? And that's what I said, like this movie Trading Places is really about that if the if there was real fairness and equality and equity, the other extremes of society wouldn't exist. Everybody could potentially have, you know, a Dan life, maybe not a private butler like, you know, Dan Aykroyd had, but definitely could be better off and not making decisions that you would agree with. Right. So, you know, it's it's a deep it's a it's a. And I, that's something that I think is honestly missing from today's media is how do we take a, a deep message and and challenge it and present it, but present it in a way that doesn't get people fighting, right? Like, I want to watch a movie and be like, that was good, regardless of if I agreed with it or not, you know, <laughs> like, you know, because it was just it was just good and funny, right? Um, exactly. Everything doesn't have to be so deep, but yet we can still show sincerity empathy and 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 moral correctiveness in a very humorous way and sometimes in a very raunchy way but it still drives home the point right so trading places is definitely like it's hard trading places is gonna win number one but it's it's gonna be in eddie's top five and then my last one which i'm so mad this scene didn't play because this is the banana and the tailpipe Beverly Hills Cop 1. Not the second one and definitely not the third one, but the first one. Axel Foley. This movie is, to me, the 80s produced some of the greatest cop movies uh, and tandem movies. The Lethal Weapons of the World. um, The 48 Hours of the World. Uh, I'm trying to think what else came on the 80s that kind of had that flair. But they're all kind of centered around this. But what makes this movie so different is, first of all, you can't take Eddie seriously. No. He 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 challenges you on, you know, being a cool cop because 
if you watch this movie through and through, he gets in trouble in his own precinct because he won't wear a uniform. He won't wear the badge. You know, he's in street clothes all the time. He won't drive a cop car. He drives his own car. And it makes you, it humanizes uh, the role of a police officer. And to the point, you just see a community member, right? Like he makes you not see the badge. And by not seeing the badge, you fall in love with the badge. And then when he goes to Beverly Hills, they're cops because, you know, it's Beverly Hills. You know, they don't really have like high crime, you know. They're kind of just like I won't say overpaid, but they're they're it's a very good job to have, right? And he goes to Beverly Hills and they're dealing with this serious crime, and he's the only one to take it on because he's used to this caliber of personnel. But at the same time, they don't wear, you know, like they wear suits and stuff, but it's still not traditional, right? Right, exactly. Not uniform or anything like that. It's just what you see is what you get. But yeah. He basically dresses like how a person outside of the law would dress, which gives him a chance to actually blend in with everybody else to where the point is, you know, he doesn't look like a cop. He doesn't walk like a uh, cop. He doesn't talk like a cop. He just looks and acts just like how everybody else would act. And that's why it is basically a fish out of water kind of scenario in a sense. No, exactly, exactly. I want to cover, did we leave anything off the list? Because sometimes, you know, we're going through this, it's like, yeah, this could have made it, that could have made it. Quick word from our sponsors, we'll cover what we left off. I literally just tried the best pre-workout on the planet. With Superpower Pre-Workout, you have increased focus and a power boost every single time you work out. It's not only packed with 225 milligrams of caffeine, but it also has citrulline and creatine. It's insane how much energy and focus I had during my workouts. If you're ready to take your workouts to the next level, then ditch your current pre-workout and get the superpower pre-workout to be your own hero. www.cvmkglobal.store. Get your pre-workout, proteins, BCAs, all of it. Get it today. Eddie Murphy has made eons of films. My last question to you, John. Yep. What did we leave off? Because there's always one or two films that could have made the list. Uh, and you brought up something. You brought up Life. And I was like, I don't know why I totally overlooked Life. I've seen that movie a hundred times. What other movies could have made this list? Okay, so let me just say this. I came close to putting The Golden Child on this move, on this list. Yeah. It's an sure. 80s classic, cult it classic. It is hands down one of my favorite movies to watch. It's a fantasy type of film. It's comedy added into fantasy, mixed in with everything. And it's just, it, to be honest with you, it's just one of my favorites just to have a good time and watch. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say Mulan. Hey, so my list, I said Mulan <laughs> and, and Shrek. Okay. And I, yeah, I mean, like, and it's hard because you can say, well, that's, you know, Michael, Michael but like Shrek. Donkey, you know, it's it's one of those films, and maybe the younger generation probably got their first taste of Eddie through Shrek. But honestly, like Eddie has hits. Like Eddie, you know, I think Shrek, um, Mulan, um, the Golden. You're absolutely right. The Golden Child definitely uh, is is something of of, of note. Uh, definitely a cult classic. I, I think that. 
I don't want to see. I mean, Nutter Professor 2 was good. I wouldn't call it a cult classic. Definitely has some parts, but not a cult classic. But I think those are the pretty much the definitive Eddie Cannon. Would you agree? Most definitely, man. That's definitely Eddie Cannon right there. 110%. All right, y'all. This is the Eddie Cannon. If you're listening, Bowfinger, Life, uh, Nutty Professor, Trading Places, Coming to America, uh, Notable Mentions, Boomerang, Shrek, Mulan, Nutty Professor 2, and then after that, then you get the second tier. Oh, and Beverly Hills Cop 1, right? Then you get the second tier, right. which probably starts with 48 hours. Then- See, I could have cheated that way and said Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, <laughs> it, and, but I didn't want to go that route and cheat, so I just went with Beverly Hills Cop 1. They're good. Like, Look, they're good. Beverly Hills Cop 1, I mean... Some could say Dream Girls. I mean, it was. I mean, it was really it was good. good. I, I like Dreams Girl, Dream Girls. Dream yeah. Girls, too. It was really good. Dream Girls. I was gonna say like, hey, Eddie doesn't make bad films. They His just, range. Yeah. Right. They just don't always stack up to you know to, to coming to America. John, where can they connect with you, man? So you guys can go ahead follow me on all social medias underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there on Instagram. You can also follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit Zero on TikTok. And of course, on Twitter, underneath Movie Lovers Unit over there. And of course, you know what? Just go ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unite as well on our YouTube channel and our on our audio podcast as well. You can find all the links in the descriptions below whenever you guys go over there. And yeah, we also we also have merch over there. We have a bunch of other things going on. We have an intermission uh, segment that we're doing. Basically, think of it like this: you're waiting in line, you and your friend, and you're just having a conversation. It could be about an event Sevenfold album. And you're wondering, well, what, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? And you're just standing in line, virtual line, and just um, just doing that. And it's just a fun conversation. It's a little bit more of a laid-back show. Uh, we don't just review albums or anything like that. We're going to be doing comic books uh, and stuff like that, too. Uh, comfort movies uh, with that segment. It's, there's going to be a whole lot more stuff that we're going to be doing. I love it. I love it. Y'all connect with John. He has an amazing show. He has the best content review show on all podcast platforms. Move over, Roger and Ebert. If there's somebody else on TikTok that is reviewing film, I'm talking about all types, you know, stuff that comes out on Netflix, Disney, Hulu. If, if If it's visible, John has a review for it. There's no other person that has the width and the talent and the depth, and he's covering it all. Connect with him watch listen subscribe to the podcast get his numbers up because subscribing helps everyone including yourself and if you want to keep seeing amazing leaders amazing influencers like we have on a day you know what you got to do youtube cvmk it is what it is i'm just going to show cvmk is going global cvmk globe Global, where the best supplements are and until next time guys thanks if you think exercise alone got me looking like this, well, think again. CVMK Global Super Thick got me right. I'm obsessed, and yeah, I won't stop talking about it because it helped me grow in all the right places. Its creatine provides a fast and reliable way to increase your power, size, and shape, and it's scientifically proven to help you reach your physical goals in a safe, controlled manner. So if you want to increase muscle size, pump, and thickness in your muscle groups, you need Super Thick.